Today on the Colin and Samir podcast, we give you a look into how we're thinking about our YouTube channel and more specifically, our brand. We talk about our new show, The Breakdown, why we're launching it and why it has a name. We also talk about consistency and some of the struggles we've had with being consistent on the channel over the past two years. And stay tuned because at the end of this episode, we play the first minute of the first episode of our new show on YouTube, The Breakdown. All right, enjoy our conversation about brand building and consistency on YouTube. All right, today on the podcast, we're doing something we haven't done in a while. It's actually just Colin and I on the show today. And I think that's actually initially how we had dreamt up the podcast, what we thought it was going to be like. But it's just so happened that in the past couple months, we've had a ton of guests come through. And it's a great way to collaborate with people, just having them on the on the podcast. Yeah, I remember when we were planning this podcast, we thought one route would be to just have guests. Mm-hmm. And then we talked to a friend of ours, a guy named Paul Rabel, who has his own podcast, Suiting Up Pod with Paul Rabel. And he was telling us, he was like, I don't know, guys, I think the advantage is that there's two of you. You can just talk to each other whenever you want. And we were like, you know what, Paul? That's pretty smart. <laughs> and here we are talking to each other on this episode of the Colin and Samir podcast. Um, so we wanted to take this opportunity to talk about something that we're going through on the channel right now. We actually just pressed publish on our latest video, which is a analysis video on PewDiePie versus T-Series, just for some context. I mean, go watch the video. That'll give you you know, a good understanding of the story and of the video itself. But there's this largest channel on YouTube, which is PewDiePie, uh, about to be crossed by another channel, um, which is a Bollywood music channel called T-Series. And it's very significant because a T series is an India based channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just showing like how global uh, the growth is on YouTube. And two T series is a company. It's not an independent creator. And so there's kind of a, a, a dyna- dynamic shift on YouTube right now. Yeah. So in this video, we we break down you know the backgrounds behind PewDiePie and T series, and then kind of give our take, and then finally just let the audience sort of chime in in the comments at the end. Um, but the most important thing, the most significant thing about this video is that, oh, the chimes. Yeah, the we're, wind outside, chimes. we're outside of Colin's apartment and there are wind chimes. It'll probably be a theme throughout this entire episode. Oh, yeah. Hopefully that's not too annoying. Yeah. Maybe you can't even hear them. Okay. Well, carry on. Moving on. The most important thing in my eyes about this video is that we branded it. We called it The Breakdown. Samir and I are always in our own heads asking people, what, what do you think of our channel? Do you know what to expect? What's going to come out next? Or how would you describe us? And the most consistent answer we get is something along the lines of, you guys do like the deep dive videos or the breakdown where you pick a topic and you go deep. Um, And we've done videos like this on Will Smith, uh, on why YouTubers are starting podcasts. And they're enjoyable for us to do. And they have success on the platform. And so we thought, why don't we actually try and brand them? We'll call this, we'll make this a proper show, a YouTube show, call it The Breakdown and really make an effort to get consistent and put them out every week. We always preach to tell your audience when and where they can consume your content. Um, But to be honest, we really haven't done that in the past year and a half, two years of having this channel. It's been much more of a place for us to experiment with videos. And and this is our first time, this is the first time that we're really trying to get consistent and and inform our audience when and where they can tune in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that's a really important thing. Like if you're trying to create content for a living or create like a platform. We, we come from making a media platform, but the platform we created, the lacrosse network, it, it operated like a network. It had multiple different forms of content on it. And I think that is still where we exist today. We're, we're so used to creating multiple different kinds of content. And, uh, you know, with a channel called Colin and Samir, it's, it's not as easy to grasp onto what exactly we do without you know, a, a singular format or something that's kind of a linear narrative of, of what's happening on the channel. So, what, you know, we decided to put a brand around this type of content and call it the breakdown, package it, try it. We're going to attempt to do it on a weekly basis every Sunday. And there's a couple of reasons of why you would do that, of why, why would you, what, like, why not just keep making them without show branding? It's, it's almost feels like small, but it's so huge. It's like a two second thing that happens in the video that's a branding package that says 
the breakdown. It's like an animated graphic. But it's actually such a large thing to do to add those two seconds in. I think one of the biggest things is you just want to make sure it's easy for your audience to share what you're doing, especially if they're really passionate. You don't want them to have a hard time, you know, explaining an entire paragraph about what you do. And so when you put a brand to something, it's much easier to just say, oh, yeah, go watch Colin and Samir. They make this show called The Breakdown where they break down what's happening on YouTube. It's a very simple sentence there. Yeah. And and if you don't have that name and you don't have that branding, you don't have that packaging, way harder to talk about. Um, and I remember we that was a big point for us in our in our first company with the Lacrosse Network. Like as we started to become more mature with creating content, we started understanding the value of of each show as its own brand. Each show should have its own values, its own rules, its own um, you know uh, graphics, its own tone. And once you do that, then then it can actually kind of build over time because you know what to expect. Uh, once you click on that that style of show or that style of programming, you know what to expect. So I, and I think that our YouTube channel has played a really interesting line. Like you said, over the past two years, it's been a lot of experimentation. Um, it's been a place where we've had like really interesting success from a viewership perspective where like this, I mean, this month is a great example. We've never made food content ever before, ever. And we made a video about the best slice of pizza in Los Angeles with our friend Jack Coyne. And it does 150,000 views. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we're not a food channel. And at the same time, you know, the videos before it and after it can have upwards of around seven, eight, ten thousand views. There's no, you know. And and be about totally different topics. Yeah. So it's just to say that a clear path to growth on social, on on any sort of platform, really, even if you're a brand, a clear path to growth is, um, you know, doing one thing well and being really consistent with that one thing. And I think when you're consistent, you're now on a path towards improving and making the product better. If we make 100 videos, which actually this was our 101st video. Yeah, so we have. So if we make 100, yeah, not even hypothetically. <laughs> yeah, we've made 100 we videos. We make 100 yeah. videos, and let's say they're of 15 to 20 varying styles and formats. It's much tougher for us to know what the audience thinks about this style as opposed to mm-hmm. another Um, because it's more difficult to compare them. But if we started from day one with the breakdown... And we made 100 episodes. And we made 100 episodes. Granted, you know, we didn't know that's what we wanted to do back then, and it's it's still a part of experimentation. But had we started back then, 100 videos ago, with an episode of the breakdown, and every one was called the breakdown, trying to make sense of what's happening on YouTube, we would be in a very different place, I think, right now, 100 videos down the line. For sure. I mean, it's it's not dissimilar from what's happening on this podcast. We're... 20 episodes into this podcast now and now we actually can get like feedback make adjustments because everyone has some sort of feel some sort of format we have you know essentially two formats one with you and i and one with guests and so we're able to like refine the craft of podcasting 20 episodes in but we both have talked about a hundred episodes in is when we're going to feel really like okay now we're really moving on understanding the podcast as a format so all these things take a lot of time to develop and if you're not, if you're doing more than one thing, then you're starting a new each time you press upload. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, not 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 really, but like we still have an it, we have an audience that's coming back for the videos, but the it, brand of a certain style of content has yeah. to grow over time. And again, that's all part of the process. Like making all those different types of videos was integral to making this decision to now try and really go consistent. Yeah. Finally, with this one style of programming. But yeah, now that we're starting this on a consistent basis, we can actually improve on a singular type of video on our channel, which is mm-hmm. exciting. Similar to the podcast, I, like you're saying. Yeah, and I think one part, though, that, that constantly is a struggle is how do you balance your like artistic desires with doing what's smart and strategic for growing an audience? Mm-hmm. Because I have artistic desires of creating all types of stuff. Like, I could imagine... The way that you and I brainstorm and think... We could put out a different video every day that has a completely different graphics package, look, feel, topic, theme. Like, we love making different types of content. And that's what we got to do for the past five years and still get to do. We still get to make tons of different types of content. How many different mini sub-brands do you think we made from 2012 to 2015? I I can't count. I can't count. That's, like, one of my favorite things to do in the world. So to give some context, when Samir and I were building the lacrosse network, and you briefly talked about this, but... 
we would launch shows on the YouTube channel and we would launch shows with brands and we'd launch different initiatives within the lacrosse network, whether it be Play Lax Day, which was an international holiday for the sport, or a series called The Move, which we did with Paul Rabel. Everything we did had to have a name so that it could be distinguished from everything else and be shared. Um, but it also just became a passion of ours. Like, I love graphic design. And my background, actually, and like where I got my passion initially for making videos in general comes from watching web series that have like brands to them and intros and outros like they look like mini tv shows and yet at the same time they're being filmed by like in a youtube style and for me that was the inspiration for even starting to kind of make internet content so when i got to the lacrosse network it was just like a canvas for me to start making tons of shows um and like you said that's kind of that's our background so with this channel, it's been very different, but this is now sort of our entry into into putting all those yeah. skill sets together over the years. And I, it's not to say that the, the network model of uploading multiple styles of content um, hasn't worked in the past. Like, big companies do that, um, like a BuzzFeed. They have a ton of different shows, right? Like, they have Worth It, they have the yeah. Try Guys, like, a ton of different shows. Typically, when those shows get big enough, they'll launch a separate channel for that, mm-hmm. um, but in in the world that we live in now of like starting a new channel new brand um new social media presence there's so much content out there that your narrative and your your story has to be really crystal clear so that i i come to the platform and i understand exactly why i am subscribing and why i am here and i only get those answers when i know what to expect next like every time you press publish i know i know what type of thing to expect and i know why i'm coming to you so let's say a hundred breakdown episodes from now on the channel. Which would be two years. Which would be in two years. Yeah. I'm going to cut that in half. 50. Okay. 50 videos from now, yeah. one year from now. Yeah. We do a bunch of episodes of the breakdown. What do you hope has happened by choosing now to get consistent with this type of video? I actually, it's funny. I actually um, would hope that the show gets picked up by another platform. Like my, my dream would be that we get to do that show on, on a media platform that um, has that type of built-in audience already that is looking for that kind of content. Mm-hmm. Um, so whether that be something with Phil DeFranco, who's one, personally one of my favorite YouTubers, or um, Vox Media, which is you know, somewhere where we draw a lot of inspiration from, I just think it's, uh, it, it would be a cool opportunity to plug into like a, a news or media platform just because... I think it's really fun to create these. I would love to do it with a team. I mean, we know this one that we just pressed publish on. We There's three people involved in the whole process, um, myself, Colin, and then a filmmaker who we're collaborating with uh, over these next two weeks named Braxton Haugen. Mm-hmm. And um, with three of us, it took, what, five days? Yeah. All send it done. And we planned out every day. We were yeah. like, all right, Monday, we brainstorm. Tuesday, we start to write. Yeah. Wednesday, we pull the footage. I mean, you were you were editing until close to midnight last night. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like the process is very challenging and I love doing it, but it requires a team and it requires some some more support and some more, um, I think, just like a a structure for it. Mm -hmm. And obviously we could build that ourselves, but that's my dream. Like my dream would be to to get to collaborate with the people that we look up to and and through the process of creating this show, like get integrated into, you know, another platform like that. Yeah. Not only could we have a team, but you'd also have much larger distribution for the show. Oh, yeah. It's super fun to control the conversation. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I feel like we've had that experience in the lacrosse space where we launch a series or some sort of internet event like Play Lax Day, and it seems to sort of captivate the entire community For and sure. everyone's talking about it. Yeah, it's and really it's fun. such an enjoyable thing to do. That's really fun. And I think that's been something that's been really different about these past two years. Um, we were in a very small space. And, you know, still, we still create content in that space and we're very, very involved in the lacrosse space still. But when we create content that's about just general media or general YouTube, it's in such a bigger pool, which is cool because sometimes it can lead to like tons of new viewership and, mm-hmm. and really interesting opportunities and conversations and people that you have never connected with. Um, yeah. But then at the same time, it's highly competitive. Yeah, I mean, the lacrosse space has really grown, but I remember a time when if we put out a documentary style piece of content, premium storytelling, and it got 35,000 views, that was the limit. 
Yep. You know, mm-hmm. there was a time when like, yeah, all right, we nailed it. It hit 35,000 views and it's grown a lot since then. But the crazy thing with releasing content on the Colin and Samir channel into just the, you know, mass market media pool, I guess you'd call it, is that you never know how big it can go. Like, because right. the audience for something like pizza clearly is huge. So when you get a video like the one we made a couple of weeks ago about pizza that now has 150,000 views, it's it's wild to us. It's exciting, but it kind of makes sense because the audience for pizza is huge. Right. It's just the audience for pizza, I guess, can be a little bit harder to get. Yeah, yeah. Because there's way, competition for that audience. We're not the pizza network. Exactly. We're Colin and Samir. So yeah. when you actually find it, it's incredible. I do think though, if you like, if you start to watch some of our videos where we analyze and break down things that are happening on YouTube. Um, it's actually our personality. It's actually the conversations that we have, which leads us to analyze and break down ourselves constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that's why whenever Colin and I meet someone who watches the channel, th- the first thing is like, okay, well, what do you th- what do you think of our channel? What's mm-hmm. uh, you know? We just actually asked Braxton, who's who's uh, the filmmaker who we're collaborating with right now, um, what the worst style of content is mm-hmm. on our channel like what the best style, what he thinks we do best and, and what he thinks we do worst, which I thought was a really interesting thing, yeah. but we're so curious about that. I actually think we've talked about this and I 100% think we should do this. We should launch this on the channel this week where we post a um, Google Doc for feedback, yeah. especially on this show specifically. Yeah. Um, I, I think that my dream, like when you said, okay, in a year from now, where's the breakdown? Whether it's on our platform or another platform, I would want it to be really consistent and really... Um, involve the audience, mm-hmm. which is like a dream of mine, and and but, something that I strive to do on our channel as well is just involve the audience more. But that's why you make content on YouTube, I think. For sure, that's why we do. Hundred percent, and that's what I think. I I just want to bring more of that into the channel, mm-hmm. more um, involvement of the people who are consuming it. Because the the fun part about media today is like we're not making content at you. Right, we're not just making it for you. Even this podcast, like we read the tweets you guys send us, we read the reviews, mm-hmm. and it changes the show. So you actually have a stake in this show if you listen to it, and if you watch our YouTube videos, you have a stake in those as well. And that I think is the most interesting thing about um, modern media is that as a as a consumer, you're a creator too. That's what I hope would happen with the breakdown. Is that you know this was episode one today, but hopefully. There are comments that provide us feedback, and there are comments that are funny that maybe we bring up in future episodes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's the fun thing is that it, it, it it's a show, but it's not a one-off every time you put them out. You know, right. like you, you don't have much of an opportunity to really like affect John Oliver's show, right? Sure. From yeah, week no, to don't. week, you really don't. But you could highly affect our show by what you write in the comments or mm-hmm. what you send us. So I, I, I have a question for you. Who do you, who do you think? Uh, well, actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you that after. Uh, the, the first thing I wanted to say is like the value of um, consistency yeah. is the opportunity to binge mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, from an audience member. And I think like a channel like Yes Theory, great example. Format is really dialed. Click on a video. You, tip, you kind of know what you know, it's going to have some sort of theme to it mm-hmm. that's similar to the last video you just watched. And it's going to have a format stylistically that's similar. It's going to have a structure that's similar. David Dobrik's another example. You can binge David Dobrik's content. Like, mm-hmm. same characters are popping up. It's kind of a similar world. I'm comfortable in it. And that leads to um, the ability to watch routinely and to consume a higher quantity of the content at once. You jump around from video to video on something that's not as consistent and that you can't latch onto. It's it's like watching a bunch of one-off videos, which isn't as fun as binging something. Have you watched Vox's Explained? Yes. So that's a similar type of video, sort of to what we're doing. Mm-hmm. But Vox makes these video essays. They're about fifteen to twenty minutes long, and they're on Netflix on varying topics. But those you can really binge, like fifteen to twenty minutes like oh, that. Yeah. It's so easy to go through. Yeah, I mean, I think I think there's so many YouTubers who do such a good job with bingeable content. Case in point, though, you really can't binge our channel. No, you can't. That's that's where I was. You can give it a shot, but at some point, YouTube's going to recommend you one of our videos that is totally different from a video that you just watched. Right, and that's probably going to end your streak on our Mm -hmm. channel because you were not expecting to watch this type of video, and 
all of a sudden you're watching a Portland travel guide right, right. or a review or a review of two microphones. Right. You know, some of the yeah. different videos we've made. Um, yeah. And I think at the end of the day, you want to be a creator of anything and you want someone on the other side to consume it. Um, you have to build trust. Trust is the most important thing. And that's why I think daily vlogging is very addictive and um, leads to a lot of growth is because there's the audience can trust it. And once they learn, they can trust it. Like Casey Neistat, great example. But he did it for almost 500 days. When you know you can trust for 500 days every single day, you're going to see Casey and get a new video. I mean, it solidifies probably by day 20, right? That's like, okay, this is just a thing. It's now. part of my day. It's part of my day. I can trust that this is a, a good part of my day. It's like if you went to a coffee shop every single day, but then all of a sudden one morning, like it's closed, you feel upset. Or it's like if you're trying to make a new friend. Sure. And you invite them to the mall. Okay. And they don't show up. Is it like that? Kind of. They said they were going to be there. They weren't there. You know, you lose that trust. Yeah. You know, you're at the the beginning of a relationship. You lose the trust. Didn't happen to me, but I'm just saying. (laughs) Could. It could. Yeah. Right? Well, someone tunes into our channel. We tell them, for instance, hey, we're going to the Pacific Northwest. We're going to vlog every day when we get to Portland starting next week. We didn't do it. That's true. We didn't do it. You start to lose trust there with people that you told them you were going to do something and you didn't. 100%. You had a friend. He said he'd meet you at the mall. <laughs> the mall reference you is gonna, tough right now because that's you were going to so, go to Journeys. It's just <laughs> what is Journeys? You, we call, if you don't know this, Colin and I grew up on uh, two different coasts, different lifestyles. I grew up in LA. It was kind of all Journeys you know, is Hollywood kind of like me. hot topic <laughs> meets PacSun. A little bit edgier than PacSun. Clearly, that was the hangout, but not quite hot a, topic. It was a retail store. <laughs> Well, yeah, in the suburbs of New Jersey, the mall is like a pretty good hangout option. Oh, that's good. So um, just to update everyone on the other side of this of, you know, where we're at. So, you know, a big a big part of us wants to grow our audience on on YouTube and grow um, the brand of our content so that that can actually become a a significant part of um, our business, which is original content. So the way you would break it out is, okay, there's, there's kind of creative services, which means, okay, there's a, there's a business who's interested in a video and we can make them a video in our style for them. That's a creative service, right? And that's a massive part of how we spend our time. Mm-hmm. Currently, how we support Currently, ourselves. Yeah. And the other areas that we're trying to explore are um, entertainment content. So that means working with a, a network that might not be an advertiser, but you know, someone like Avox, like we mentioned, or, or let's just say Netflix, um, that's an easy way. Hey, we made a movie, Netflix wants to uh, buy it. That's that's another area that we're really exploring. And then additionally, original original programming. So like Colin and Samir, original content. And the breakdown is a good example of that. Vlogs are a good example of that. This podcast is a good example of that. And those are, that's the way we're looking at what we're doing um, and the direction we want to go. And, and so making a show is, is one of our first steps in that direction of Colin and Samir original programming. Now you can actually have one bullet point under that headline, which is the breakdown. Mm-hmm. You know, that's an original show that comes out on a regular basis, at least as of right now. Yeah. And the interesting thing about um, the breakdown as opposed to maybe this podcast. So this podcast potentially down the line would be monetized with ad reads. Mm-hmm. And there's a chance the breakdown would be too. I mean, we've done mm-hmm. reads on our YouTube channel before, but our goal for the breakdown is like you said, to have it end up on a different distribution network. Right. So it's just interesting that like the goal is not to do ad reads or advertise on the breakdown with our original programming. Yeah. It's to sort of sell it in a way, like mm-hmm. sell a show and take it somewhere else. But we're trying to build this, proof of product on our YouTube channel. And I don't know how much you really see that. I think, honestly, on the scripted side, you've seen scripted web series like High Maintenance that got brought to HBO. Um, Where was High Maintenance before that? It was on Vimeo. No way. Yeah. It was picked up from Vimeo? Mm-hmm. That's really cool. And then uh, I think Issa Rae. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, she had, a, she had Insecure, yeah, originally was yeah. a scripted web series. So I think I've seen it happen in the scripted space. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much I've seen, I'd have to look into it, but like a, a show like this yeah. where it starts on someone's personal YouTube channel 
taken over to a network. Yeah, and I think the important thing... But that's not to say that someone hasn't asked Phil DeFranco or tried to get Phil DeFranco to to a network. network. Oh, yeah, yeah, Yeah. for sure. I mean, I think the interesting thing is that Colin and I, I think we typically (laughs) enter into businesses that are not certain and are, like, very, I guess, uh, up in the air and we have a vision in our head of how it's going to work out. And it's not, there's not a clear path to that, but yeah. we think that's where it's, where it can go. And that's how we spend our time. It's not, it's not as simple as, um, another business like selling clothing or selling, um, you know, I don't know, some sort of, some sort of product where it's okay, here, here's the product. Here's how much I pay for it. And yeah. here's how much I sell it for. If it's a good product, it sells. If it's not. I think for you and I, like the path from uncertainty to certainty will not be like a gradual ramp up right yeah, from uncertainty to certainty i think it's going to be like continual uncertainty yeah, yeah. all the way down until we take a hopefully elevator to the top where <laughs> we find certainty yeah i mean the thing is like i i've said this for years but like i i think that how i would describe our business to people is that we're in the business of ideas now it's our job to turn those ideas into a tangible form that can become something that is commercial right that's like that you could actually transact with you could buy it you could move it around like and and a great example of that is the lacrosse network that's an idea what if we started a network that's dedicated to the sport of lacrosse and then that turns into a tangible Mm -hmm. thing which is okay build the audience build build the brand start uploading content and then eventually it gets to the point where someone acquired it someone someone purchased it Mm -hmm. and that that to me is how i'd like to spend my life which is taking something that's an idea and turning it into tangible form. And that's what a show is. Like the show, The Breakdown, um, has been an evolution of ideas and now is is an idea that we have turned into tangible form. Like, And the first step of turning that into tangible form is creating branding for it, is what is the logo for it, right? Mm-hmm. Like all of a sudden now it's real. It exists in the world. Like, you know, we, pr- we press publish on it and now The Breakdown is a real show. And it's crazy to me that an idea like that can turn into, you know, a real thing that now potentially, if all goes according to plan, can, you know. Well, we're in a better position now than we were yesterday when we didn't have a show with a brand, right? (laughs) At least we're like taking a step. Yeah, that's really true. What I love, though, about, you know, we put this intro branding on, gave it a name, the breakdown. We actually didn't make a vlog beforehand that announced to our audience that, hey, we're going to release mm-hmm. a show. It's going to be called The Breakdown. We just put it out. Mm-hmm. There's an intro branding on it. But the adoption in the comments is is really fascinating. Everyone sort of understands for the most part. Um, oh, cool. The Breakdown. Like, this is a show. Yeah, it's interesting. So we put it out about one hour ago. And there are a couple of comments that I, like, here's... <laughs> This is just a funny one. I just read it. It's the first one that's What's that? that's new. Samir is so dope. I love that he's not a regular Indian dude. Whoa, cool. Um, <laughs> he's not a regular Indian dude? All right. This is another comment. This is the one that I wanted to address. This channel gets better and better. Thank you, Diego. Uh, maybe you guys could do a segment or a weekly show like this. We desperately need more journalistic content that's not cheap YouTube drama. So hmm. that we've ha- there's multiple comments here within the first hour that we've gotten that say, you should make this a show. So it is interesting that people are understanding that this is the concept of this as a show. Mm-hmm. And and that that comment has never come before prior to putting the branding, the breakdown on it. Mm-hmm. I think it's cool, too, that Diego talked about why it should be a show. Right. Because there's not enough sophisticated content out there. It's all just cheap YouTube drama. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an interesting distinction and something that we've been talking about as well. You know, the more that... Logan Paul and KSI and YouTubers start to box and, and YouTube becomes a place that does prioritize drama, we will probably keep watching that stuff. It's pretty entertaining. Of course. Absolutely. But there will also probably be a reaction in the other direction. People looking for more sophisticated content. Yes. Especially as also like the demographic on YouTube ages. You know? Mm-hmm. Our biggest demographic is, you know, basically our age. Mm-hmm. And this is the type of content that we like to watch. The I love watching Seth Meyers, A Closer Look, mm-hmm. or you know all of Vox's video essays. So it's interesting. That's also something that we're doing here is potentially filling a gap on YouTube for sophisticated content. I think so. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think the thing is that 
you know, we've we've gone about our career now for six years coming up with ideas and then getting to the point where we're confident enough that an idea is good and then doing it consistently. And that's typically what leads us to the next step. Once we get to the point where we're confident enough in an idea, but when you take a step back and whenever I look back on a lot of those times, I'm surprised that we were so confident in um, these thoughts. But I think we, we like speculate on, on media landscapes and on like what's happening with our audience. And we try and get in everyone's head and see it from all different angles. And that's what leads us to pursue ideas like this. Um, and you're right. This is the type of content we want to see right now. So we're certain we have some sort of confidence, a level of confidence that other people want to see it too. Mm-hmm. And that's a really cool thing about about YouTube that you can just do it like in a in a in 20 years ago you would have had to put together this concept for this show and then go around and like pitch it like who where would you find airtime yeah nowhere nowhere Uh, yeah right no where would you get airtime yeah the radio maybe and I think you know we're trying to build this thing with a team around it with like eventually writers editors animators and making it as cool it can possibly be and and but the reality is, you know, a lot of other people actually made videos about PewDiePie versus T-Series, similar types of topics. Hundreds. And a lot of them just did it with their cell phones, just filming with their iPhone. And some of those have 15,000 views. Some of them have more. Some of them have 60,000 views. Because <laughs> it really just comes down to, like, are you talking about something that other people are interested in? Mm-hmm. Do you have a good title and a thumbnail? And then if you just get people who click on that because they're interested, then if as long as it's just you talking about topics they're interested in, then they'll stay. That's a, that's a uh, confusing part of YouTube as a creator, I think, is Definitely. how do you value yourself? Do you value yourself? Obviously, you know, that's that, self-value is a whole nother conversation, but on YouTube, in the context yeah. of YouTube, do you value yourself on, you know, working for five days on an edit and it looks really slick and has cool graphics and gets 10,000 views or whatever and you're happy about the content and then there's someone who puts up a cell phone video that does 100,000 views... <laughs> That has no cuts, uh, no music, and took them, you know, two hours to make. It starts to get confusing how you mm-hmm. value a piece of content. Yeah, I mean, production value on YouTube, and we've said this before, is not how much the cameras cost or the lights. It's yeah. the value to the end consumer. It's the connection. Yeah, it's a connection with the consumer, I think. Like, are you connecting with them on an emotional level? And mm-hmm. But... That can also be tough because that is the value, that is the currency on YouTube, is how valuable it is to the end consumer. And part of that has to do with the YouTube algorithm, like where it will surface your video and how many people it will eventually reach. So you may put a week's worth of time into an edit, put it out, and it sits with 600 views. The first video we ever made that eventually led to this breakdown style series was about Beam News. And we put it out. We spent a good amount of time on it. We had a small team working on it, put it out. And it sat with about a thousand views, if that, for I think almost a month. Right? Yeah. And we were like, okay, you know, that's, I thought it was going to do better than that, but all right, whatever. You know, and you kind of just have to move on. You really never know. Yeah, that's true. Very true. So I I have a question for you, a little bit of shifting topics, but just like talking about brands and consistency. Um, Who do you think one of the most consistent brands is? Of all time, whether that be content, show, apparel, like what's the what's one of the most consistent brands of all time, in your mind? Consistent brands of all time. Hmm. It doesn't have to be just in content. No, any brand. Like when you think of the word brand. Um, Vans. Interesting. Vans shoes. That's a good one. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they've changed the Vans authentic shoe Mm-mm. since it came out in, I guess, the '60s. And there's been iterations on it, but the actual shoe has remained basically the same. And it goes into all different areas uh, and industries. Like, punk rockers wear Vans. Uh, like, doctors wear Vans. Yeah. Like, prep school kids wear Vans. It, it's, you find them everywhere. Like, 65-year-olds wear Vans. It's this incredible product that is the same no matter where it goes. Man, and it stayed the same. Vans is such a good example. And one, one thing that Colin and I talk about a lot is iconography um, in brands. Like how, how can you create things that make something immediately recognizable 
Vans, the logo is immediately recognizable, and the classic shoe, like the, mm-hmm. the it's called the authentic, right? The authentic, yeah. The authentic is so recognizable. Like in your mind right now, you are thinking of one, two, or three things. I think in my mind that you think of when you hear the word Vans, mm-hmm. and and that's really cool. And I think in content, you have Casey Neistat, who, when you think of Casey Neistat, you're most likely thinking of sunglasses. Mm. Yeah. In your mind, like there's iconography that's related to a brand that remains consistent throughout, mm-hmm. and um. What for me when I think of brand, I think of Nike. That's just like that is the brand I think of. They've had the same brand messaging and the same logo for years. Like Just Do It has been around forever, mm-hmm. forever. Just Do It is still part of their their branding, right? Mm-hmm. It's like what forty, fifty years later. So I think uh, you know the things to think about just to bring it back to you know media, social media, creating content, having a brand. Um, whether it's, you know, whatever you're creating, whatever your creation is, if you'd like people to latch onto it over time, it has to have some consistencies. Mm-hmm. E- even like with the, with the Nike shoe, it, the, the shoe can start to become inconsistent, but if the swoosh is still on it, and as long as it's in line with the, you know, the general morals and values of uh, that Nike has set forth, it's, there's a level of consistency that's making me be like, okay, cool. Yeah. That's like, that's dope that Nike did that. So we know that consistency is important. Yeah. Why haven't we been consistent? Uh, I think that we've had inconsistencies uh, in our lives and I think Mm. they reflect in our content. I think it's been really up and down from, you know, going on this path of being like, all right, let's become independent creators. Mm -hmm. Um, Thinking, I think it's, it was going to go one way or maybe happen faster than we thought and it not happening. And then every day there's been a lot of ups and downs. Whereas I think there was a little bit more stability, especially in the best part, I think, of the time where we were really building the TLN brand. Mm. We had a lot of stability yes. around us. Yeah. And and that's what I think is important is that when you need to reflect stability, you need stability. Mm-hmm. And I think we, uh, we, we've just, it's just been harder than, than we thought it was going to be. I think it's been, we've been more inconsistent with our days, with, the, with what time we meet each other what time we it just everything is not as consistent we don't we don't have like a a like lifestyle brand to our days if that makes sense Mm -hmm. and making videos doesn't necessarily mean making money yeah right yeah in some regards of our in some sections of our business it does yeah but on our youtube channel it 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 does sort of doesn't doesn't translate right away yeah that's another that's an additional confusing part right is um we're more we're older in like age mm-hmm. and we're we've been at it for six years um and we have certain expectations based on our last business and so mm-hmm. when we create it is fun it's the, the, the most important thing number one is it's fun like making videos super fun and keeping it fun is is really important but there's an additional layer of like okay but we kind of also want this to be the business yeah, it's kind of like, well, we can't keep making videos yeah. unless we figure out a sustainable way to keep doing it yeah. and do it in a way that will not only get me by this year, but build each year mm-hmm. and eventually be able to support my life, my family. Yeah, That's so, a totally different thing. You have yeah. to plan for that. Yeah, And we're in a business where it's not easy to plan. Yeah, there's probably there's probably a good level of fear involved and why there hasn't been consistency too Mm -hmm. because when you operate on a certain level of fear uh, of like oh man it's not going to work out you start to make more aggressive decisions and not not it's not easy as easy to stay on like even keel we've panicked more this year probably than any other Mm -hmm. time in our careers yeah and i think that's you know what you and i talked about prior to starting the breakdown was the breakdown is going to be really exciting in episodes one, two, three, four, probably around episode five, when there's almost like maybe no difference in viewership, the traction's not really there. That's when it's like, okay, that's where we have to be aware that we need to push through. Mm -hmm. And then if you believe in something, you have to have a very good ability to be patient because it all takes time. Like even to think that this would only take five weeks would be ridiculous. To think that this would only take 20 weeks would be ridiculous to build a brand. It It takes takes years. years. Yeah. Yeah. Like it takes years to build a brand. So you need to be really consistent. And, and, uh, 
be able to develop like it's, it doesn't mean not change but be consistent and evolve with the time um and i think now we, you know we we are also aware that the colin and samir brand i think we're both just witnessing that it's taking longer to even get to the level of like through the experiment experimentation phase mm-hmm. and into the consistent phase yeah i think in early lacrosse network days i had more patience because i had less expectations of what it was supposed to be that's true and now two years into starting the colin and samir channel i came because we had seen success with lacrosse network and you know selling that company and making content that was like award-winning for brands Mm -hmm. things like that i had really i still do really high expectations Mm -hmm. for what we're doing now and the every day where it doesn't happen like it, it it gets tougher Mm-hmm. Like tries my patience in a I, way that I don't remember it doing. I tell everyone that if the only reason Lacrosse Network worked is because there, were, I personally feel like I had such a high level of naivete. Like I was so ignorant about how business worked. It's the only w- reason it worked because I was just willing to do. And I was just like, oh, that sounds interesting and cool. I'll just go do that without thinking too much about it, uh, and and without and with having the energy to adjust based on like what happened next so there, there was a lot of things that were just like if i was if i was really educated or had any expectations of what that was supposed to look like no shot like no shot that would have panned out i think i think also youtube has changed since 2012 when we were building the lacrosse network i didn't really look at it as a youtube channel and it wasn't it was a sports network right it was across like different platforms mm-hmm. but i looked at it a little bit differently it was a it was a standalone sports network digital network you know this isn't this is the Colin and Samir network, but it, it not in, in a different sort of way. You very know I mean? different. Yeah. Very different. Very different. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an, it's a really interesting time. And I, I, like every day that goes by, you're like, okay, I think I'll probably at one, one day look back on these days and be like, wow, that was like the, you know, the early stages. But when you're in it day to day, like you have to just stay focused on the task at hand but i just to, to put that question back on you why, why do you think we haven't been very consistent on the channel with content and with styles yeah i i would agree i think there's been inconsistency in our lives a little bit and i think the more look if 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 one of us has inconsistencies in their lives or is feeling unstable you're going to want to move around very quickly from idea to idea. You know, we, we launched Bordy's, a skateboard company, mm-hmm. and still sell skateboards, but it didn't become the main sort of obligation or the main business. Mm-hmm. And we moved back, you know, to content. And we made, we've made a lot of these quick decisions where we've launched things and moved around. Um, and I think if one of us is a little bit more unstable and is more likely to make those quick decisions, it's much easier for the other person to follow along and continue moving quickly than it is to try and be the rock and stand still and push and sort of fight for Mm -hmm. that. It's easier for us to convince each other to move in a singular direction, even if that singular direction is all over the place. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Then it is for maybe you to stand still and me to be all over the place with Mm -hmm. my ideas. Like that's not realistic. For sure. What also, when we were in a company and it wasn't just you and I, that was, it was way harder to just start to go like, off the rails and go all over the place. Not that we've gone off the rails, but yes, it was much more <laughs> No, but more you know difficult. what I mean? Even with ideas, even with brainstorming, like it was all within the confines of the company. Like you couldn't sit in a whiteboard room, which we did all the time, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, part of our, of, you know, our, our relationship, which was brainstorming and sitting in that room, it was all like, there was guardrails. It was like, we are brainstorming. We need big ideas, but we need them within this, these confines. Again, we're in the general media space. The confines are whatever we're interested in. And that changes on a daily basis. We, we don't have like a theme or topic that we're honing in on. Which, until which, now, yeah, until now. Know, the goal is to put some constraints on ourselves right. yeah, yeah. to be able it, to track our progress a little bit better and go for a goal. It feels easier to me. Like if you gave me the task of growing a coffee YouTube channel, like a YouTube channel, just about coffee, or you gave me the restriction of like, Hey man, just, just make a, make a channel. That's all about shoes. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. I, I think I could come up with tons of different, I think I could have the best show about yeah, shoes for sure. Like best show about in, coffee. interesting yeah. programming around one topic. 
but when you have when you have any topic i th- i think the people who do it um and build content around the topic of themselves are really impressive to me like vloggers who who do that and successfully build brands and storylines and and uh you know just consistent content around themselves i think it's fascinating i think it's so Im- impressive to me to be able to sit down on a daily or or you know a couple times a week basis and just make the topic your life and mm-hmm. yourself mm-hmm. that to me is is fascinating I, uh, and those are the type of vloggers that i watch and the type of content i watch mm-hmm. much easier to do actually and something that we've talked about when there's only one of you yeah yeah right it is yeah it's it's much easier to do when there's only one of you and it also um, is a lot more forgiving on inconsistencies yeah. because the consistent thing is like, I, I can just explain to you what's happening. If something new is all of a sudden happening. I mean, a great example is, is Casey with 368. Like when something new is happening, he can just sit there and explain that something new is happening. Like his channel has gone through actually a ton of different evolutions. His content has changed a lot, but he can stay, stand there and look us in the eyes and explain what's changing. Uh, and what's different. And we can do that, and we probably mm-hmm. should. Yeah, yeah, we should do that. <laughs> but, yeah, it's a little bit more difficult sometimes with two people. Yeah. And because and the topic of YouTube.com slash Casey Neistat is Casey Neistat. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like... Uh, it's what's happening in his life. In his life, yeah. Yeah. Whereas, even, even with the breakdown, the topic is other... Thi- like, something outside of us. Yeah. It's our take on something outside of us. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean it's it's a uh, it, it's a fascinating thing. Brand building in 2018 is so interesting because everyone is a brand and everything is a brand now. Whereas it was a lot more defined before, it's it's a lot less defined now of of who's a brand and who's not, which makes it much more challenging to stand out and to um, make sure that you are communicating your message clearly and bringing people along for the ride. Um, when you're doing it. So I, I would say that if if anyone out there who's listening has feedback for us or is interested in this topic, you're more than welcome to email us, colinandsamir at gmail.com. Um, let us know what you think about the topic. Uh, let us know what you think about our show as well. If you have feedback on the show or if you're a person who wants to collaborate, if you watch that show and you're like, oh man, I have, I have a really cool idea for a topic or for graphics or for a style that you guys could employ, Again, this the, the value of being on YouTube and having this kind of community that we can talk to is that you all can be a part of the content. And that's something that's so cool about making videos and making movies in 2018. Yeah, I look forward to seeing what this turns into. It was only episode one, so we'll see. Yeah. So a um, little bit of a different episode today. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed like a peek into where our heads are at on this Sunday afternoon. Right after putting out one of our videos, I did take to Twitter for oh. to source a couple questions at the beginning of this episode. Um, I actually did it through my Twitter, um, which I don't typically do, but only a couple questions. Let's uh, let's answer one of these, and we'll leave with this one. This is from the Millennial Musician. He says, "What do you think, Utah?" Oh. Utah. Never mind. <laughs> Let's just end the show. Uh, what do you think YouTube will look like in 20 years? Wow. 20 years? I, that's a long that's time. That's a really long because time. Considering I may, YouTube hasn't even been around for I may cut years. you down to five Yeah, and say what I'd hope YouTube would look like. It's kind of the topic of our, of our current video is about the shift of YouTube, which is interesting. Like if you go yeah, watch th- this I, episode of The Breakdown... I do think it'll be increasingly full of, of companies and corporations because it has become the dominant media platform. And one of our videos actually is about why they will be dominated into the future. And in my opinion, a lot of that has to do with the fact that kids watch YouTube, really young kids. The age of adoption for YouTube is, is really young. Two-year-olds can watch YouTube. And they're not watching cartoons premium cartoons like you like a two-year-old might be on netflix they're actually watching kids like four-year-olds opening boxes of toys that's fascinating this is a little bit of a tangent yeah that's but they're watching little kid youtubers so they're building this ecosystem at a really young age ingrained in two and three-year-olds who are watching their peers and they're all going to grow up on this platform that's not happening on instagram it's not happening on twitter yeah 
So I think no matter what, YouTube's going to remain extremely dominant for at least the next 10 to 15 years. I think it'll be increasingly full of brands, but it'll be increasingly full of brands that were started by independent creators too. Um, I hope as a platform, it continues to evolve and be more social. It's really not very shareable, right? Like yeah. Instagram is much more, Instagram and Twitter are much more inherently shareable. Man, I, I was just lost thinking about the fact that there's two and three-year-olds watching YouTube and that, that in 20 years, they're going to be 23. And like, they, yeah. like what they're going to come up with for what YouTube is, especially because it's going to be the, you know, a huge part of video, I think at least in five and 10 years, it's, it's becoming such a, um, great distribution channel for all types of content which is so new like late night shows and and like um network television coming out on youtube Mm -hmm. i have i've honestly i have no idea what it's going to look like in 20 years i i can't even answer that question that would be a good topic for another episode of the breakdown though that would be we could do some research really think about it make an argument look at this we're already collaborating great topic great topic thank you for submitting Submit anything else you want to us on Twitter. Ask us questions because we actually are planning a Q&A on YouTube this week. Um, so ask us questions on Twitter. Send us emails, colinandsamir at gmail.com. And thanks for listening. Go watch The Breakdown. That's it this week for the Colin and Samir podcast. If you have any feedback for us, you can tweet it at us, you can email it to us, and you can also rate and review this podcast. All right, without further ado, here is the first minute of the first episode of our new show, The Breakdown. There is a war taking place on YouTube right now. Very soon on YouTube, we may have a new number one subscribe. Between the biggest channel of the last five years. PewDiePie. PewDiePie. The biggest subscribe channel on YouTube. And the channel that will soon overtake him, Bollywood music channel T-Series. Out of nowhere comes this channel, T-Series. T-Series is growing at a rate of 150,000 subscribers per day and is said to overtake PewDiePie within the next month. Are you scared, T-Series? Cause I'm not! Depending on when you're watching, this may have already happened. T-Series, I await your response. It's getting heated and everyone is talking about it. Why has nobody been talking about T-Series? It may not seem like everyone's talking about it, but everyone's talking about it. Everyone's talking about it. These two channels could not be more different. One is a company and the other is an independent creator. The only thing that's similar about them is their subscriber count. The question is, as more companies start to dominate the platform like T-Series, will this be good for the independent creator? All right, let's break this down.